The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, January 26th. That means two things. One, you're already tired of hearing people argue about the Baseball Hall of Fame and NFL overtime rules. And two, it's a Brady Griffin football show. Um, it's kind of a travesty, though, not to touch on the baseball subject, but I mean, come we on. We can touch on it very quickly if you want. We just don't. It's- I just either you're all in or all out. I, I hate the whole idea that like some guys in the steroid era get in and some don't. Barry Bonds um, never tested positive. Right. And it's like, you're right. Like, I've actually said this about, you know, performance enhancing drugs. If there's one sport where I'm like, I don't, I still really don't know how it helped him that much. I mean, you could say, oh, he's more power and strength or whatever. Okay. You still have to put the bat on the ball. Like, that's the, you know, does it increase your hand eye coordination, your eyesight? Are you, are you like Superman with your eyesight? I, I don't, that's the, that's the one thing that bothered me. If you want to make a case for a pitcher, okay, I get it. It directly relates to every power. pitch, power, endurance. I get all that. And you can make the case, well, you're going to be able to swing harder, et cetera. But, there's still the skill of putting the bat on the ball. And that's something that like steroids ain't going to help you that much. Right. Like there's just, there's certain things that bother me about that, but also I would say this, that while this applies to most sports, just because sports for a long time have given uh, people in this country and all over the world, a lot of fame and a lot of money that there is an inherent um, incentive to cheat your face off. Baseball is a sport of cheaters. It is the sport of cheaters, scuffing balls, eating greenies in the 30s. Like these guys are like, like up all night traveling wow. and doing all this stuff. They're popping. It's like, oh, they're just greenies. No, that's illegal. It's like speed. It's just yeah. it's how speed. many guys, how many guys are taking greenies that are in the Hall of Fame right now? By the way, uh, baseball itself cheats. You juice up the baseballs. Let's be real about yes. this for a second. All right. You wind those puppies as tight as possible so they pop off the bat, right? You make it so the laces or the seams are even more grounded down. Or years where you're like, oh, maybe we don't want as many home runs. Right. Go ahead and raise those puppies up. Like I- I've looked into this. The margin of error between baseballs one year and the next as far as just how m- how hard they are or soft or the, la- or the seams or not, like all of that is in, in a huge margin of error, like a wide-ranging margin of error. And we're going to sit here and then all of a sudden get mad at players who are trying to find an edge or an advantage? Like, I just – it's right. so dumb. And, and like Bud Selig throughout the entire McGuire-Sosa-Bonds home run explosion, baseball was, baseball had fallen completely by the wayside in nineteen ninety four after the 1994 strike. Kids like your age and my age, yeah. they had been like, well, screw you if you want to take baseball. Like, you, like, we love baseball. You want to take it away from us? We're out. And then – to get back in, they just blatantly ignored this crop of home run hitters who started jamming needles in their ass and smearing cream all over their bodies to try and blast the ball out of the park while also eating greenies. And and they're and they're like, oh, I cannot wait, I cannot believe this is going on in the game. And and the writers are like, oh, steroids? It's like you all knew a-holes. Like, what do you just you can't pick or choose? The other, I think the best argument too, and this applies to the NFL Hall of Fame as well, or any Hall of Fame, it's not. It's 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 a it's a museum to tell you about baseball. Yeah, it's about history. Yeah, so if, that's what it needs to be. It, it's not the here are the greatest players who honored the game the best. 
Like OJ Simpson's in the Hall of Fame. Right. You know? Yeah. So it, By the way, I think he's actually down in South Florida now, which is a little bit scary. I should hang. Yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna pass on that, you know, because I, I might be the one hanging off of you know balcony or something. I don't know if that's really his move. I mean, you know, maybe again. I mean, if you got away with the ones, I mean, I, I didn't mean the murder. Fool me once, I mean, the style of murder. Oh, <laughs> Fool me once, shame <laughs> on you. Fool me twice. Let you leave you hanging off the side of like Las Olas Bridge. He's just gonna. Yeah. He's just gonna. Yeah. Somebody else is going to stab you in cold blood, and then OJ will have to spend the rest of his life looking for uh, uh, the, um, the, uh, the 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 real the real murderer. <laughs> right. Maybe right. that's the maybe the real murderers in in South Florida. Well, yeah, that's there's a homestead. There's all sorts of things there for protection. So I'm sure that's why he's down here. But I'm glad we were able to make that uh, that that segue over to OJ Simpson. But it is a it is a valid point. Uh, at this time, talking about the Major League uh, Baseball Hall of Fame, I, I also think it's odd that, like, after a period of time, that like they have no longer the opportunity to be inducted in. It's, it's just, it's like, why? Like, yeah. why? Why do they only get so many bites at the apple? It doesn't make any sense to me why that would be the case. And I also hate the fact that, you know, you've got a bunch of people who, and, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, you, or like you're complaining about the media. Yeah, it's fine. Don't just, just well, I guess what I'm pointing out is. If, if for by and large, a lot of the voters haven't played, right? And when that's the case, I think one of the hard things is, is they don't have that perspective of an athlete at that time. And so, you know, I, I remember having a trainer growing up who, you know, said, Hey, man, everyone had him. You know, I felt like I was at a huge disadvantage because I was one of the only ones. He's like, Now nah, I might push the boundaries of some of the stuff that came out, but he's like, I never took that kind of stuff. And he used to tell stories of how, you know, it was everywhere. Like he's like, you're doing interviews. And if you just looked at the camera behind that player at the locker, like there sits like everything you'd want to know. Yeah. Half the horses at the uh, at Churchill Downs yeah. or, or up there at Kentucky Derby are all taking that stuff, right? Like he's like, just go. Bob Baffert's probably got a pantry full of this stuff from back from the 90s in Major League Baseball. So, you know, you you hear a lot of those stories and you wonder, if there shouldn't be more voters that had played the game so they have greater perspective as to what that era was like as opposed to purely being judgmental. Like, I think as a human race, we tend to be much more understanding and empathize when we've actually experienced something that someone else has dealt with. Well, it's it's very difficult to empathize with anything unless you've actually dealt with it. I mean, you know, like literally. I would also say that it is – like – you know, you played like when, what, you, what years did you play again? What, 2006 to like 2007 to uh, my last, I uh, was in training camp with Dolphins in 14. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's kind of football's like quasi, I mean, like that's a, you know, that's a, that there was a big spike in sure. belief that people were using steroids in professional. Sure. I mean, think about this. And I always thought about this, not that it would ever have helped me in any way, maybe coming back from an injury or something in training, but um, it's only a four game suspension. Like if you're downside risk, if you're a player that if you take whatever it is and it can help you be a pro bowler or an all pro player, I get a huge contract, but your downside risk is only making 75% of what you're going to make. I mean, I would actually say the more you make, the bigger star you were in the NFL at that point, yep. the more you're incentivized to take that risk. Because if I'm getting, let's say 16 million a year and my downside's 12, but my upside 16 and the potential of making more of my bonuses or the future, whatever. Yeah. I, I could see why a lot of guys would take that risk. So I, I always thought that at least in football, where I do think there's a direct correlation to performance enhancers and the way it can impact your play. I mean, guys, I knew that took stuff. I, I, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen guys who had good careers and became a pro bowler, you know, and, and, and you're just going, wow, like this is, this is crazy how this worked out for them. But um, that's something that again, is their choice. I honestly didn't really even view it as as like cheating at the time. You know, I, when I was looking, I was kind of like, that's what they want to do. If they're trying to find edge, so be it. It's not necessarily going to be something that uh, helps them, uh, you know, get to that status. They still have to go out there and execute. So there's that whole portion of it too, even with a football player, even though I do think there's more of a physical element to it where it can help you. Yeah, and it's, it's it was also just like for like 10 or 15 years, our athletes were all just like gigantic-headed, like like – 
angry monsters who didn't like dealing with people of the world it's like it's like i mean wow everybody went from so lovely and like like kind of chill and slender and just all of a sudden meat sticks anyway um, it was all Lattimore from the program like that was basically what it was people bashing their head into like you know people's passenger side you know windows and yeah um all right let's uh by the way if you're watching on youtube youtube.com slash pick six you can see uh me and brady in our various hoodies and headwear talking about baseball hall of fame which who doesn't love that like comment subscribe if you're watching if you're listening on spotify listening anywhere we appreciate it of course but if you're listening on spotify they have added a rating system leave us a five star rating now it's time for an award-winning segment created in the quinn household in the great mind of brady quinn called read between the lines all right well we, we've i wish we could start off with some fresh news something that kind of just you know really came out here in the past 24 hours but unfortunately it, no, no, it, it did it did come out in the past week I, I know but at, at, at this point it's it's going to be kind of old news you know well, I, I still i i think that the fact that you and i this is released we're recording this on tuesday night it's released on wednesday morning the fact that this is happening with your input as a professional NFL analyst and college football analyst and former professional football player is added value to this podcast. Well, podcast thank you. Thank Don't you. sell it short. Thank you. Uh, and, and let's not distract away from this segment. It's called read between the lines here with Will Brinson. And so here's the headline. Sean Payton informs the saints that he's stepping down. His plans are not to be coaching in 2022 read between the lines. Will help me out with this one. I'm just going to go straight to Sean Payton's brain. Because I think that's where this stems from. And it's, oh, my God, I don't have a quarterback. We have. But what do you mean? He signed Taysom Hill to that deal that he could become a $100 million quarterback and he could be the quarterback of the future there, right? Isn't that what all the the BYU fans, the Brady Papingas want to say out there about it? I think it's like, I think it's, oh, my God, I've been doing this for 15 years. Actually, I'll tell you you this. I thought Sean Payton's uh, press conference on Tuesday was really – he was very open about it and he kept, he brought up the COVID situation multiple times. And I really do think that there are several coaches in the past two years who have, and this is not in, in multiple sports for various reasons. Like for instance, coach K and Roy Williams left bas- college basketball. I think the COVID stuff wears on you because it's just, you're old and you're dealing with all these, you know, like you don't know who's playing and you're, you know, different protocols, Regulations, protocols, your, your job's changed to become harder. Correct. And you also have the one and done stuff in, in college basketball. And I think it just became, you're like, you know what? This is, it's, it is, it's too much like walk away while we can still walk away. I think Sean Payton, the last two years have been very trying on him. Uh, Won the final Drew Brees' final year. He'd spent his entire career as a head coach with Drew Brees. And then this year dealing with additional COVID protocols, you know, the saints had a game where they were missing everybody. Ian book starts against Miami. If they beat Miami, they probably end up in the play. They, they do end up in the playoffs. Right. Um, and I just think it all became too much. He, he said that he thought coming into 2021 that maybe he wanted to walk away. And then you start to look around you're like, all right. And look, I'll be honest, like Sean Payton doesn't, you know, he, 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 he mentioned that he looks more out of shape. He had, like, he was wearing a shirt that made him look a little Parcellian. In the upper, in the upper, uh, upper. That's torso. all coaches, though, man. That's well, like. like so I, 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 just, I mean, he said he's like, look, man. People say that I look bad. I don't look bad. Or he's, I look tired. I'm just out of shape. I just think it was 15 years in New Orleans, a grind of that. Less food, huh? It's a lot oh, New Orleans you, Asian food. Can you imagine staying, staying skinny in New Orleans? No chance. That's impossible. And I think he saw this as an opportunity, a really good, a really good spot with the Saints also having. $72 million over the cap currently. Um, no quarterback. Yeah, let's, let's call it what it is, okay? You have uncertainty at the quarterback position, or some would say no quarterback. You've got a terrible salary cap situation, an aging roster. And then on top of that, you know, you might be in a division that still has to deal with Tom Brady for another year. Uh, and if that's the case, I mean, those are all four pretty good reasons to be like, yeah, I don't know about this. Maybe I'll take a year off, you know, see how I feel about everything. I, I, bring, I brought a Super Bowl to this city when they were probably at their lowest point after Hurricane Katrina. So I, I don't know that he necessarily owes them anything. I also think if you look back through the years, forget COVID, but even before that, you know, Breeze was like banged up. It's like every single time there was an injury he had to deal with and then Teddy Bridgewater coming in or then it was Taysom Hill and then it was Simeon, then it was Ian Book. Like you go through a lot of that, especially as a play caller, that's 
it's tough. I mean, you're starting over again. And I think one of the things that coaches and play callers take for granted is when they've got someone that they trust and they have confidence in, they can rely on, and they've got a routine with where it makes things a little simpler. You know, they don't have to start over again or do anything extra out of the norm. That's where I feel like it can become very wearing aside from the COVID protocols, which look, I mean, the coaches I know in the league, they couldn't stand it. They hated it. You know, I know it's an unpopular opinion from people on the outside, but you know, it's, it's hard to communicate. Their entire job is predicated on communicating and you're making them wear a mask half the time. It's like, these guys are like, look, man, I've been through plenty of, you know, flus and pandemics, different things. Um, you know, some coaches, you know, you know, depending on where their life had taken them, they didn't even served. And so it's like, you get to a point where you go, come on, man. Like I've been through a lot. So I, I can understand the frustration by it. I also, I, I think he's looking at it saying they're probably going to be greener pastures a year from now, right? Yeah. Dallas Cowboys, which I know is near and dear to his heart. And I'm sure Jerry Jones, then we'll be looking forward to him. Curthy's seat just got like, got a lot warmer on Tuesday. Oh, exponentially high. Exponentially yeah. warmer. I mean, you and I were talking last week about maybe Dan Quinn, not getting out the, out the door and then moving on from him for that reason. But Sean Payton's like, you know, that, I don't know. I, I guess I'll call, I was going to call him second to Jason Garrett, but since they let go of Jason Garrett, it's probably Sean Payton who's number one in line if that job you know comes open. Well, I think I think I think Jerry looks at Sean Payton as like the one who got away potentially because he was there, and also maybe he's an excuse to say, you know what, we can go with Mike McCarthy this year. Yeah. And if he doesn't do something awesome, and Sean Payton wants to get back in, you know, we got to compensate the Saints, but we can figure that out. Let's not forget too, you know, last year they lost to the Buccaneers in the second round of the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, because they beat the Bears. The prior three years of that, they lost in overtime to Kirk Cousins when he hit Kyle Rudolph. Yep. The previous year to that was game. Yep, the championship game with the Chauncey Gardner. Yeah. The, the, the refs debacle. Oh, that feels like 40 years ago, by the way. And then the previous year to that was the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, sort of like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay where you would almost understand if, if it's like, you know what, en enough is enough. I can't, I can't, I can't take it anymore. The last five years have been, you know, rewarding. We've had great teams and we've just come up excruciatingly short. And I've been sitting here on a Zoom call every week. You know, I, I, I thought it was really, I, he just sounded like somebody who was burnt out and needed a break and, and was, and had the ability to take that break. And, and I, this was, we were texting about this um, earlier in the, earlier on Tuesday. And I mentioned Mike McCarthy with Green Bay and Mike Tomlin with Pittsburgh. And the reason I brought it up wasn't that I thought that those two compared with Sean Payton because I would take Sean Payton 10 times out of 10 with all, with all those guys. Ooh, but, I don't know. I think Mike Tomlin would be up there for me. I'm just a Sean Payton guy, but Tomlin, Tomlin's right there too. I'm kind of a Tomlin guy. I would love to have played for Tomlin. Sure. No, Tomlin's awesome. I, my point is just that Wilson had – Ryan Wilson had said on our emergency Sean Payton pod that it's like, you know, it's weird. Sometimes the Steelers fans are always like, do we need somebody else? But no one knows ever like, Sean Payton's got to go. You know, except for those maybe three, seven, and nine seasons. I think, it, I think it's like the southern accent or something. You know, it's a little different down south. They're like, you know, get him out of here, get someone else in here. Well, he also just, like, he just brought a, a loser franchise a title in the wake of a the most one of the most devastating natural disasters in the history of well, and and wow. he's provided consistency and stability. Granted, there was like a three-year, you know, run of seven to nine, seven to nine, seven to nine, but the reality is it, it's not an easy division. I mean, the NFC South rotates with a different division winner almost every single year. Uh, at least it was that way probably for the better part of a decade plus. So, um, or maybe since it's like formation. I remember looking back at an odd oh, it, like Yeah, the Saints had won four straight prior to the Bucks winning this year. But before that, it was all constant. Yeah, yeah. Ron Rivera would win one. You know, the Bucks would pop up randomly. The Falcons were very good. John right? Foxy. Foxy was Foxy, back in there Foxy, at one point. Fox. John Light Fox. Okay, um, so, so it begs the question, though, what's he doing next? Because, okay. yeah, there's our helmets to, to give us. Wow, look at that. Yeah, yeah, told you, yeah. Three straight for the Panthers. One of those was seven, and seven, eight, and one, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, um, the next question is, so what does he do next? I think it's interesting because if he goes into the media, one, let me just be the first to advocate for him. I think he would be a home run. Oh, I think, I don't I think, think, I mean, I, I I don't disagree. I don't think you're the first. I feel like every it's a well, no. I mean, a lot of people will say that, but I, I'm willing to say like I I think you would replace 
maybe you know everyone who's sitting there in a number one spot right now. For maybe, now, okay, maybe after Detroit at Fox. Well, oh, okay. he's probably the only one that they wouldn't bump. But outside of that, I think he would be a huge gift for any of them. I mean, he's got the credibility with the resume, which is a big thing. Whether people, you know, whether kids nowadays look at Chris Collinsworth and know what he accomplished as a player or not it still matters to the executives and stuff who make the hire who do. So that's still a portion of it. Um, the reality is, though, I think he'd be – if he bought into it like Gruden did, where – like Gruden found a way to tap into – it wasn't Madden, but it was similar to Madden in the aspect of he was a character. He was a likable character. He – you know, even though at times he would – you know, the spider two guys – Banana. He got put on blast. He used to call it everything, and you're like, okay. Or he'd be, I'm all out blitz. And you're like, no, it's just, you know, uh, blitz 11 dog. Like, that's not, you know, it's not an actual deal there. So, anyway, um, there's there's examples of, like, him just being that kind of guy who was entertaining, informative, and he was this character you kind of loved. Just, oh, I'm going to tune in to see John Gruden, this Gruden's grinder. You know, like, people tune into that. Um, I think Sean, Peyton, Sean Peyton would smash. He could be that if he bought into it and was like the guy that I think he shows from time to time. Uh, and that would be an incredibly successful career. Like I'm saying whatever Romo signed for, you'd have to think Peyton's going to sign for just as much, if not more. And, you, and he'd do a great job at it. Okay. But okay. Sorry. Does he want to do that? Because the only reason I think you do that is so that you stay visible as a coach so that you can be visible for the hire. And that's where I feel like if he – I mean, I'm not saying if he sits out the year and doesn't do anything. It's not like he's not going to get hired still, but I think you go on TV sometimes to kind of remind people while other coaches are out there that, hey, this guy's pretty smart too. So I, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I but I would think that if Sean Payton is going to do a single year, if his plan is to do one year in media, it'd be and, studio. And he do studio exactly because Bill Bill Cowher retired it. We talked about this on the show too. Retired at forty nine, I believe he went straight to maybe. He went straight to studio, right? And yeah. he's just in the studio and he's just great at what he does. And he's got yeah. he's, he's the Bill Cower persona. He's been rumored to come out every time, but he he found that he likes the studio so much. He's like, What why would I go back? Like, I want a Super Bowl. I'm gonna be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, I I walked away, I walked away with a Super Bowl. Why would I go back to grinding like this when I have this great job that I enjoy, I'm good at it, etc.? So I, I don't, I mean, I guess a like I don't think that Fox, CBS, or whoever is going to take Sean Payton, take like like toss Troy Aikman to the side or whoever. Well, it's all him for one year. Is my point right? No, and that, that's why I said like, I don't think you know Aikman would would be the guy or anything like that. But I think if you got the commitment from Sean, like, hey, this may be it. You know, then that's a different story. But again, the reality is when you look at the landscape right now, we don't have a coach at that top spot in that position. Sure. And if you look at, again, not to keep referencing John Madden, but when you look at his career in the CBS and NBC and, and Fox, like working for all of them, like they were all clamoring for a coach's point of view because the reality is that's what people want. Yeah. Like that's, that's the perspective that people want to hear, whether they agree or disagree with you and what your analysis is, that's what they want. That's like numero uno quarterbacks number two and then anything anyone who else can talk the game after that is probably who you're looking at next so uh, i just i think that would be a look he'd be a home run he'd be a great pick for whoever would would sign him for it i think he'd be entertaining it just comes down to like whether or not he wants to do that and toy around with it but to your point studio is the easiest thing to kind of jump in and back out from but if he wants to stay in kind of a rhythm of what he does as a coach I mean, it, calling games won't be a bad thing either. Or bringing them in every once in a while to call a game, right? Maybe it's the Saints game next year. I got a, I got a hypothetical for you. And this is probably, I mean, sometimes our bosses don't like us to talk about the, the media business, but I like this one too much. So uh, over at NBC, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, outstanding at their jobs. Love listening to Al and Chris. There was a rumor from Andrew Marchand of Page Six, New York Post today, that ESPN with Amazon flying in with all their Jeff Bezos, mo Jeff Bezos money. As yeah. As um, big old rocket. Yep. But ESPN is interested in pursuing Al Michaels for the Monday night football gig. Now I, what I would find interesting Brady is if Al, if, if they were able to in, in, entice Al Michaels to go to Monday night football, would you then want to pair and you can pair Al Michaels with anybody like he's, he's great at his job. 
But what you could do instead of pairing Al Michaels with somebody from ESPN is go to NBC and say, look, we know you guys want to eventually promote Tariq and Drew Brees. Why don't we you let us buy Collinsworth? Yeah. But then you take Tariqo and Breeze and make it a one-year three-man booth with Breeze and Sean Payton, like Tariqo just setting it up and those guys batting it around like they're calling a game. I mean, I, that would be complete. Like the two guys who worked together for 14, 15 years in the same system, high-level intelligent analyst in a three-man booth, like that could smash. It could. I think sometimes, though, too much of a good thing doesn't end up being what you think. Fair. And that's the hard part is there is so little time to talk on a broadcast, yep. especially in a football game, if you do it right. You know, if you do it right. It, and, and look, when I say doing it right, it's, it's my interpretation of it. You shouldn't be really talking over the play. You shouldn't be talking up to the snap and telling a guy you think a guy's blitzing off the edge because everyone who's watching the TV can tell he's blitzing off the edge. Like, you don't need to tell them that, all right? Um, that's the job of the play-by-play. You should be telling after the fact what happened, why what happened was effective or wasn't, and talk about things that maybe the viewer didn't even pay attention to and see that you're pointing out to that made it successful or lack thereof. So, you know, in all of that, there's so much communication going on behind the scenes. It As much as it sounds like a good idea, I think it would stunt the growth of Drew Brees. Maybe. And I think the other thing is, is it wouldn't allow you to have Sean Payton shine th- the way I think he can. And especially for someone who's just starting out doing it, whether that's Payton or Breeze in this case, it's it takes a while to get your feet underneath you as far as the pacing and to be able to say something impactful with the short amount of time that you have. So that would be my concern is, even though it sounds like a great idea, I don't think it would work. And it's one of the reasons why everyone's like, oh, Payton and Eli in a booth together. It's like, yeah, like what they do works now because there's no play-by-play. Right. Like you don't have that person who's eating up time that would take away from what those two are saying. And I think it's maybe one of the reservations that they have about doing an actual broadcast. I think it's 100% why they don't want to do it. Yeah, well, because they sit there and like, I don't well, one, I don't have to travel and go through the stupid production meetings, all that stuff, right? Like, oh, we get so much out of this. You don't get crap out of it, honestly. Like, <laughs> no, like, like let me be real for a second. No coach or player is going to walk in there and tell you everything, or at least it's seldom that they do because that's no disrespect to people behind the scenes. But, you know, if you played for a guy, like, he's going to look at you, he's going to say what he wants to say, and then you walk out of the room together and he tells you what you need to know. Like, that's how it goes. Like, when you have those relationships, they're not going to trust the other people that are sitting in the room. Um, And and with Peyton and Eli, Peyton's always like, I just texted the guy, and, and like, 90% of the time they deal with it. The only There's one person who who, who's like, "Uh, I can't, or, like, there's somebody who Peyton, Peyton was like, they, they wouldn't give me him for an interview, which is kind of funny. But I mean, yeah, exactly. You have so many connections, so many relationships with different people around the league. You don't, you don't need to sit down and go with a cold intro for the production meeting with everyone watching. It was Mac Jones and the Patriots, by the way. Mac Jones, that's right. Good call. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we just got through one headline. We didn't even get the rest. So I'll, right, I'll, right, well, I'll, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll do some more headlines. Okay. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, next headline. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Green Bay Packers leadership is unified on wanting Aaron Rodgers back next season. Read between the lines there, Will. Please come back, Aaron. Please. Please. Wait, could I no, let me go? Let me add to this context though. Like, is it really their choice or decision? I mean, he set this up to it's kind of a mutual decision here, is it not? And their cap situation is so bad that it almost alleviates some problems. So let me just lay this out for you. Because this was floated today, uh, or I should say yesterday, Tuesday, by PFT. 
about getting a two-year football talk or PFT commenter? No, pro football talk. Okay, okay. I would have included commentator. I mean, sometimes yeah. sometimes both are just as reliable. <laughs> this is probably my point. Yeah. So they floated out the idea of give him a two-year deal, hundred million guaranteed, fifty per year. That's what the market is. He's the you know MVP last two years. Okay, great. Yeah, it's cool in theory. And so then you forget. Oh, remember the first round draft pick that you traded up to take? Oh, so he'd be four years into his contract, presumably not playing yet. And you've already had to pick up his fifth year option that's fully guaranteed. So you just hamstrung yourself into finishing out things with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's like a nice idea, but it doesn't make any sense. That doesn't help your cap situation, even though, yeah, there's some creative things you can do to get around it. And you'd assume they'd have to, in that scenario, sign Devontae Adams to an extension. I mean, there's anyway, it was a wild, speculative, like hypothetical that to me doesn't make much sense because of what the position they've already put themselves in with Jordan Love. I think right now, they do not want to admit it because the Packers don't want to look like the team that pushed out or traded a guy who was back-to-back MVP in the NFL. It's never, it's never happened that the reigning MVP has left his team. It sure as hell has never happened that the reigning two-time MVP has left his team. Uh, Rodgers also added, I think this is, I'll flip it back on you for a read between the lines. I don't want to be part of a rebuild if I'm going to keep playing, Rodgers said after Saturday night's 13-10 loss to the 49 And here's the truth. If you're the Green Bay Packers, this is the perfect time for a rebuild. Okay. Your cap situation is what second or third worst, I, I believe, going into 2022. You've got a young quarterback who you don't know anything about yet. And at some point, he's got to play. So you see if you're going to pick up the fifth year option, that's now fully guaranteed. And then see if you, and you know, eventually he's your guy. So not only that, but you can move on from Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and start over extend Rashawn Gary, extend Jerry Alexander, start to make some of those decisions and build back up. But you have to think about the timing of it too. If you're able to do like a sign-in trade for, with Devontae Adams, if he wants to go where Aaron Rodgers is at, and you could trade Rodgers and get some draft capital, you'd be set to help build this thing back up in the next two years in rather short fashion. And let's look around the NFC North for a second. The Lions have the worst roster in that division. They're not going to be able to all of a sudden take over that division by 2022, 2023. That's going to take a while at best. Yep. They're still trying to think if, if Goff is their answer or if they're going to go draft a quarterback. You've got the the you know Vikings who have to hire a new head coach, a new general manager. Cousins is on his last year. Who knows if he even stays there, depending on what the new head coach, general manager think. And then you've got the Chicago Bears that their roster is in a state of disarray. They just hired, I believe, Ryan Poles as their general manager yesterday, and they're looking for a head coach still. And yes, Justin Fields may be the quarterback of the future, but they're not anywhere close either. You might find yourself, if you if you make these decisions where you ended up trading Aaron Rodgers to a destination of his choice, Devontae Adams moves on with him, and some of these other pieces you let go, you get in a better cap situation moving forward. You have all this draft capital heading into the next couple of years, and then you start over again. And you see what you have in Jordan Love if he's the guy. Because that's why you traded up the draft in the first place. Otherwise, it was the biggest bonehead mistake in the world. And then you got to own up to it. And you got to move on from Jordan Love now and then extend Rodgers and try to make him happy for the next two years. That, that's the only two directions this can go. And the thing about the Jordan Love thing, let's say you trade him and you roll with Rodgers. You can't – it doesn't it, – I mean, the explanation that they would have to go with, which is like, yeah, we drafted him, but – you know, we're just going to take it as a, uh, you know, a, a silver lining that Aaron Rodgers was great for four years. It's like, no, you could have had T. Higgins or Michael Pittman, right. and maybe, maybe that's enough to push you over the top to win a Super Bowl. Well, and Aaron, there's, there's a list of a bunch of wide receivers they could they could have had Brian Edwards. They could have, they could have all these wide Higgins, receivers. Higgins and Pittman went like five or six picks afterwards. I mean, right? It's, no, no, no. But they did a list of every single pick that I think they've taken the last what year or two, and there was like the guy who was taken after them. You can land on a list of wide receivers they could have instead of. You know, guys who are going to be like Alan Lazard's unrestricted free agent, Vadis Scanley's restricted free agent, Randall Cobb's probably going to be a cap casualty. I can't imagine. Devontae Adams, free agent. Devontae Adams, free agent. I mean, so there's there's all these there's all these question marks around that position, and you never addressed it. So um, that that's a whole other conversation. But I think to your point, it does put Brian Gutenkunst in that hot seat position where it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you traded up assets to get this guy. You never played him at all, really, and then you trade him off all to invest more money into Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, it may make sense because you're like, oh, well, 
we didn't think he was going to be the MVP in back-to-back years. It's my bad, but yeah. No, that, that means you, that, that was bad. Yes, that was well, pure bad. Then that, makes, then that makes it look even worse that he didn't draft the wide receiver. Right. You, you incorrectly identified the state of play of your franchise quarterback who is it was a surefire hall of famer right and probably the greatest player in franchise history right and and the only guy you've got in the last two years while he's been mvp has been a mario rogers in the draft that's it right and the other thing about this is if you look at the in the way because i was asked this about this quote and i was like well i was like i, I don't i was like I, I guess and i started looking i was like oh my god they're 40 million over the salary cap that's a problem and that's without signing adams by the way correct and if and Devontae Adams is not going to sign a contract until he knows what Aaron Rodgers is doing, they will probably franchise tag him, but that's virtually impossible until you get $15, $18 million under the salary cap. The quickest way to get under the salary cap, the three guys, the three most obvious candidates to cut are Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and Randall Cobb. Right. Two guys are, are your or two of your probably your two best pass rushers. Although I guess Rashawn Gary could make Probably a case. So yeah. yeah, and then the other guy is Aaron Rodgers' best friend. Right before Aaron Rodgers, and you also have to give Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander extensions. Now, granted, you can give them small numbers and balloon later in the down the road. That's not how the Packers usually operate. They're not going to want to try and just finagle the cap upside down to make Aaron Rodgers happy. So it boils down to. You're screwed. That's what it boils down. Well, no, it boils down to all right. Pick is he staying or is he going to be somewhere else in 2022? Yeah, but if he stays, I, I don't. I'll put it this way: I don't think he's staying. So I, think, I, I want. I want to ask you this: before the 49ers game, I was 90 plus percent sure that he was staying. Now I'm like 60 or 50. I'm. I'm I've always. I've said this throughout the entire season. And there was an NBC uh, Sunday Night Football game where you could, if you'll recall, my, Al Michaels and Chris Collins were like, "He seems happy. You see that everything's great. Everything's going. Things up. He's, he's coming guys. back. He's eating cheese curds now. Forget that dairy-free yeah. diet. Like he's buying in. He's just he just crushed a Pabst Blue Ribbon. I don't know. You see that? Um, that all to me was well. Yeah, you're winning in the NFL. I, I've seen some really dysfunctional relationships in locker rooms <laughs> that like worked because we were winning right like it's like the honeymoon phase in a relationship you're like oh yeah there's a couple of those like unredeeming qualities and flaws but i mean i don't know like it's just hot and heavy and we love each other so blah 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 and then all of a sudden <laughs> when things aren't going as well you're like wait a second uh <laughs> Who's going to change that crappy diaper again? I feel like I've done the last 20. Like, uh, I know. Let's have another kid. That'll fix everything. <laughs> yeah, like, let's add on. So that, that was one of the deals where it's like, everything was going great. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking this is the time where all this is going to come out. It's going to come out when they lose. Yeah. If they lose. And they did. So now, now it becomes the point of all of what had happened in the past and all those tough decisions they have to make is smacking right in the face. And the reality is, much like the reality was last offseason, he was excited to go to San Francisco. I think he wanted to go to – he thought it was a realistic possibility. And, and it didn't happen, which, by the way, all these 49ers fans are like, oh, he's 0-4 against us in the playoffs. It's like, hey, dude, you'd love to have him right now. You like, would have won. You would winning the next three Super Bowls if you yeah. had Rodgers. Yeah, you would have loved to have Aaron Rodgers. So you should be clamoring and hoping that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan find a way of bringing him in even with Trey Lance being there and, and Garoppolo with the year left. But yeah, I, I, I digress. I, I do think there's that thought in his mind now where he's looking at, like, where else would I want to go play? And I, I keep going back to Denver, especially if they, they end up hiring Nathaniel Hackett, who finished his you know, second interview yesterday. If he's the head coach, you'd have to think they're assuring for, assuring for one of the biggest pitches to Aaron Rodgers and, and bring him in there. Because it's the – it's – Hey, do you remember when Peyton Manning came to Denver and just did what he wanted on offense? Guess who we've got? And guess what you can do? And here's Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant and a decent offensive line. They'll go to work and uh, we'll hire somebody to run the defense and maybe they'll be good. And we'll, and then it's, by and the way, you know what? They might even trade some of those assets to Green Bay, some of those wide receivers because they need wide receivers in exchange for Devontae Adams. That's not a terrible idea. No. I mean, if they traded Cortland Sutton and, you know, Jerry Judy and two first for Rodgers and Devontae. Maybe three first. 
Well, they got some seconds to you could throw in there. But you, you get what I'm saying. I mean, that's a possible scenario. You could trade some assets and some pieces. I mean, you don't you don't need you don't need a little bit of running game, Devontae Adams and one other piece. I mean, that seems to be able to what do be what Green Bay does, but uh one last thing on Rogers. Um, he's claiming that people root against him because of his vaccination status. Are you buying this? Are you are you free between the lines here? Um I I would guess that there are definitely people who root against him who who are not pro Aaron Rodgers because of his outspoken uh, status and immunization uh, beliefs and I mean you know Joe Rogan the Joe Rogan stuff I, I do well I think by and large like we're a country that's basically you pick a side all right yeah. I'm on this side you're on that side all right we can't agree on anything else okay. It's chocolate ice cream good. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Do you like it? Okay, you. I don't like I it. Then. It's your vanilla mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just, what is it? Neapolitan? Where you got the three different flavors? Yeah, like three. You can't have Neapolitan in this side. You, you, favorite cock. What are you doing? Get out of here. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the reality is, it's true. I, I know people don't want to admit it, but. It is true. I think there's also probably a group that would say, well, you lied to us, and that's really what it's about. It's like, well, yeah. Now, now there's also a group that's like, you know who I love? Aaron Rodgers, baby. <laughs> like, You're a Bears fan. I don't care. I don't care. He I'm didn't get that in the back. You know? And then there's um, those who are like, we're going to jab him when we see him. You know, We're going to make sure he gets that back. I would also I would also point out in the 49ers thing, like if the 49ers could have traded two first-round picks for Rodgers last offseason, I guess they would have to give up their first round pick last year. So maybe this is. Yeah. Well, that was the idea behind is when they traded up to the number three overall, they were thinking that that along with another package of picks was going to be enough to get Rogers Rogers. And, and when it didn't happen, they just, the 49ers backed out. Do so you think that was in place? And then what do you think the 49ers backed out? Oh, excuse me. The Packers backed out. Yeah. The Packers backed out. And so, so it was probably a leak from the 49ers about Rogers wanting to be traded on draft day to try and push it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that would probably make a little more sense. Or or maybe even if Rodgers wanted it so much. Or Rodgers found out the Packers backed out and was pissed and was like, hey, leak this yeah. out now. I think that's the more likely scenario. I mean, uh, the, in hindsight, the Packers should have done it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you just put it off for another year. And, I mean, look, they were the number one seed in the NFC. I, I don't know that I'm actually going to subscribe to that. I, I do think they had a shot at winning a Super Bowl as good as I'm anyone. in hindsight with the law of the playoff law. Well, yeah, I mean, hindsight's always 2020 though. Like, the reality is, like, I think they played the best they could. It's, it's now time to cut ties. Like, where I think, like I said before, it's the perfect time to rebuild if you want to rebuild, given all the uh, all the complications. All right, let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady points to his family, fatherhood, uh, when it comes to a decision about his uh, potential retirement, which I got to tell you, uh, I'm going to ask you to read between the lines here in a second, but pretty cool that you can play for as long as he has and has been been the all-time like greatest maybe like athlete we've ever seen with his resume and you can be like yeah i've gotten so old at this that it's like it's just time for me to go be with my family like i'm tired of sacrifice everything for them so you know what's weird is like how um tom brady's kids are pretty young uh yeah some of them are some of them are like he is. He definitely is a kid who's younger than I do, and I'm. I guess I'm only five years younger than him. Never mind. Well, uh, but he's got kids from Bridget Moynihan. That that relationship, right? Yes, yeah. Or I think one from Bridget Moynihan who is the oldest, and then the kid, multiple kids with. Yeah, I guess when you have that second. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Um, I, I would. Uh, I would say that reading between the lines here, Tom Brady is setting the table to let everyone appreciate whatever his decision ultimately is. But at the end of the day, he's really just placating his wife. <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> is, is AK somewhere around? Is that why you're saying no, this? He's like sitting right up on the door. I mean, like, I think he's, I think that Giselle has wanted him to retire for, Gosh, I mean, since the, I mean, literally over a decade. She said after last year, right? Wasn't she recorded saying like, "What else do you have to prove?" And he came back put, this year. She put West. Well, she backed the bus over West Welker at the 2011 Super Bowl, yeah. and it's. I think she's wanted him to get out for a while because he's done everything he could possibly do, and you know now it's kind of like. I think he's. I think he could be talked into it, but oldest kid, by the way, fourteen. Youngest is nine, so he's actually his youngest is one year older than Robbie, but. Um, I, I think he, I, I, I think it's, I think it's a lot of, I'm 44. 
I don't I I don't know if I'm going to play because I'm 44. Right. I'm old. I have kids. I I want to be able to walk away when I can walk away. And I think it's more like I want to take some time to reflect. I think it was interesting that Bruce Arians came out right away and said, Hey, I'm coming back next year. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Really? Do you want to come back if Tom's not coming back? Like I that really didn't like being in that booth with Trent Green. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, do we want to like give this give it a beat? Like, I mean, by the way, on, on that note, Gronk says he's unsure if he's coming back in 2022. Probably the least shocking news, considering if what Aaron Rodgers does is correlated to what Devontae Adams does. I would say the stronger correlation is Gronk and Tom Brady. Like, if Gronk didn't come back, he would come back without Brady, which is like, no, you won't. (laughs) Like, you're not coming back without Brady. You already left once with Brady. Yeah. Mainly because they tried to trade you to the Lions. You're like, no, you're not doing that. I'll retire. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, there's no reading between the lines there. He he's just not coming back. Brady's not. You know, that's the bottom line. He'll move on with life, and he'll do. He'll he's done great off the field. He'll go back in the TV or just go back to doing what he was doing when he was retired the first time. Yeah, like running like party cruises and stuff. That I mean, maybe not during COVID, but actually knowing him, maybe, cruises. Yeah, maybe during COVID. You know, at this point. Uh, all right, last one. Uh, what do you, so do you? What do you think, Brady? What do you think Tom Brady does? Uh, I'm leaning towards thinking he's going to retire. There was um, I heard from some in the organization that there's a lot of people there who weren't normally there before the game. And it was a bit surprising. So even before the game, he was kind of contemplating whether or not <clears throat> this indeed would be it uh, for him this season. So And he, he did give that um, – it was very weird, by the way, having uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth during the day on a Sunday. Like, And Al Michaels is like, well, tonight, Chris, we've got to – it's like it's, it's, it's 3 o'clock. It, yeah, it's 3 o'clock. It's, it's actually uh, noon your time. Well, no, I guess it was in Tampa, so it was, it was yeah. 3 o'clock, yeah. Um, but they had the – you know, they put up a quote during the game that Brady's like, I'd love to go out to the Super Bowl. I know it might not always happen, and this might, might not be the year, which is like, you told Alan Chris that before the game? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, they're, they're what their defense didn't play together until this last divisional game. Like, it's kind of crazy to think, like, hey, run it back, but, like, no one was able to run it back together, at least on defense. But and, I, I, well, I think it's a part of it, too, though, right, is you ran it back because you won a Super Bowl and you could. It's a lot harder to sell to guys now. When you look at it and say, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not sure if we can do it again. Um, you know, looking at kind of how things went last year. And then, you know, the report that there was some turmoil, right? Levante David talked about that. I think that had to do with Antonio Brown. But the reality is, like, I just – I think now, like, the guys who are young enough that are going to become free agents, like a Chris Godwin, even though he's coming off a knee injury, they got to go get paid. They got to go get that money while they still can. Well, I mean, there's a chance Godwin's not back until – you know, you never know with these knee injuries. He could be back for the, he could be ready for free agency. He, he was franchise tagged. I would doubt they'll tag him again yeah. because he's, you know, ACL. So if you're Tom Brady, you're like, okay, my offensive line is intact, but Worf's got injured late. I don't know what, you know, what his deal is. Although I get, you would think he'd be able to play. Um, yeah. Mike Evans is still there, of course, but AB's gone. He embarrassed me on his way out. It, so, like, am I going to come back with Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, a half invested Gronk, and Mike Evans? Because that sounds a lot less explosive. The last time I was in New England. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I think, so you think we'll get Aaron Rodgers. And I would also point out that Brady's the way that it came out, which is what, you know, you get from guys like Tom Brady and from Sean Payton. We're, We're very similar to Sean Payton. You know, it bubbled up a little bit beneath the surface. And then it starts to report out during, you know, like leading into the final week of the, you know, but yeah, it just, it just the signs point towards it, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I mean, there's plenty of time to see. I just that's that's where I'm kind of leaning, thinking about all this, and then what he's done at this point in time. And he always said he wanted to play to his 45. Well, he'll be 45 here soon, um, yep. or the, this up there this year. So, uh, all, right, all right, last one. Colts owner Jim Irsay tweets that it's clear as day how to win in the NFL, and it raises some questions. Um, I, I he also made some comments in regards to players. Maybe- Specific points per game comments. Which- yes, yeah, thirty more than thirty points per game, less than offensively, defensively. He also went into like a parable um, about you know <laughs> a, a guy drowning, and I'm not even going to get into that. But the point of the story was is basically a guy goes to heaven and asks God, "Why didn't you help me?" He said, "I was. I was trying to send people to yell to help you, but you didn't want to listen to him." It seems like. And I'll, I guess I'll just segue into it. It seems like it was a direct shot at Carson Wentz. It seems like? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and put direct shot at Carson Wentz. I'm not going to put words in his mouth, okay? Well, why don't you read between the lines? Tell me what you think he said. Yeah, well, I, I, look, I try to read between his lyrics. So I'm a big Jim Irsay band, you know, uh, celebrator of, of his music, all right? So his three-and-a-half-man band. He's got two guys who play, and he sings, and then he's got like a tree or something he leans on half the time. You know, when he's I mean, it's like the, the video he released, he's like he's like standing outside a private jet and the, the turbines are going and he's like being blown over and he's like, Colts Nation, we will not stand for this losing. It's like, good God, he's like part Vince McMahon sometimes part just like so I don't even know how to describe him. Yeah. It's just it's like a little bit of Jerry Jones. Like the, it's a weird mixture of what he is. But you really you really got to check out the Jim Mercy collection. And see some of his music videos, like the one outside the Washington Memorials, pretty epic. He almost bends over a tree. So <laughs> there's, there's that. I'm not sure who, who needed to spoil more, him or the tree, at the that tree, point. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, Ursay. I mean, I think, I think he's sending a message to Frank Wright that he's not to. He's, I think he's sending a message to Chris Ballard and Frank Wright, and it's more to Frank Wright because that was his, or at least. From our point of view, I think it's more to Frank Wright because it was his. It was he. Brian Carson Wentz, yeah. He pounded the table for Wentz, and Chris Ballard has not supported Carson Wentz publicly. I think what's interesting is that this organization, since being spurned by Josh McDaniels, has largely been in lockstep on almost every decision, like universally praised for making smart moves. For well, being, that's because they thought it was smart to do, you know, a hard knocks during the season. That kind of backfired on you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm saying yeah. before the Carson Wentz thing, it was like it was Andrew Luck. That's who got them in this position right now. They're in a much better position than Andrew Luck not retired. That's three. Forget yeah. Josh Daniels. That's, okay, well, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to rip McDaniels. I'm just saying that when Ballard when Ballard got hired and then had to go hire Frank Wright, that they've been a pretty stable organization with how they've operated. They've been frugal. They've been smart. They built up a good roster, and then they tried to push all in this year. And I think Ball. I, I wonder how much creates a, a schism between Ballard and Reich, which in turn creates a schism with, with Ursay because Reich is the guy who put Ballard in this position to give up valuable draft picks to go and get Carson Wentz, who simply is not the same guy that he was in 2017. And if you go forward with Carson Wentz in 2022 and you don't make the playoffs, people are probably going to lose their jobs. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what's at stake, and I think he's putting out there publicly. He's not the only owner doing that. Michael Bidwell was disappointed, voiced his disappointment, too, and having to watch the other two teams that made it to the playoffs from the NFC West uh, play for the NFC Championship. But I want to do a rapid-fire round with you. All right, so we have 30 seconds. We've got a few topics. Um, Andy Reid talked about the overtime rules. He's actually a proponent of maybe changing them, which is interesting because he's seen both sides of this one, right? He was impacted by the AFC Championship game where the Pats won the coin toss. They drive down win, game over. Now he wins the toss. They beat the Bills. Now they're in the Super, or excuse me, in the AFC Championship game again. Uh, give me your quick thirty-second answer. Should the overtime rules be changed? I, timing I, you, by the way, timing you, timing. Okay, Andy Reid and the Chiefs floated a, pro a proposal to change it back after the 2018 season. It got shot down. I think that there are probably some better ways to do overtime, but it is also difficult to find a way that is surefire to make everybody happy. I like the idea of home field advantage. You get the first, you get the ball first in overtime. That's what you get you in the playoffs. You earn home field advantage by virtue of your better regular season. Reward it. You get the ball first. I'm up. Okay. All right. Not, not bad. Not bad. I'm going to give myself 30 seconds. All right. First off, overtime and regulation. It's stupid. We don't need it. If you can end over overtime with a tie, you don't need it in the first place. All right. Just get rid of it. Games end at the end of regulation. Let's move on now to the playoffs. You've already changed it once. It used to be a field goal would win it. Now we've made it a touchdown. At some point, this has to stop. What were we going to do? Have Kansas City go score a touchdown, then Buffalo, then Kansas City do it again to win? Like, what's the point of that? So it doesn't need to be changed. It's fine. Play some defense. And at the end of the day, like, there's always going to be one side upset. Boom, that's 30 seconds, by the way. Yeah, I, I timed it. So Thank you. 30 All right. Uh, next one. Taunting. When does it matter? Considering Sunday night's game, it seemed like the rule was almost implemented for Tyreek Hill, and yet he was wasn't Ty called. Tyreek Hill was the very first person to be called for taunting, if I recall correctly, in the 2021 <laughs> regular season for doing this. After the <laughs> game, he goes, "I'm just trying to spread peace and love and joy." It's like, shut up! Are you kidding me? I do, but okay, ready? Three seconds. What does it matter? It it it. Here's the problem. If you want to call taunting, then call it. 
But if you're going to call it like randomly throughout the course of the season and in the playoffs, if you're going to call Tom Brady for taunting with his lips bleeding and Adamican Sue for taunting, but you're not going to call Tyreek Hill for the taunt, then don't don't call it at all. Oh, that was like in 17 seconds. Well done. All right, I'll, I'll be quick on this. Uh, I don't care. I, I think this is the dumbest rule ever. Yeah. Uh, it, it boundaries on like the no fun league. People can act like oh, it escalates situations or. You know, it 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 um, it's bad for the kids out there watching. Kids do this stuff normally, all right. It doesn't matter what the pros do; they're still going to do their own thing with it. And by the way, hire some more officials so the game's better officiated. Maybe you stop some of the skirmishes, and and you know it doesn't get to that point. So I just think the whole idea that taunting leads to more fights in the NFL—it's the stupidest reason. Let it happen. All right, last one. All right, did the Super Bowl already happen? Ooh, no, the Super Bowl will actually take place. But the best game of the year has already occurred. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it asking that it's more like yes. Well, the Super Bowl could never take place between two AFC teams. So uh no, it did not take place. Uh, look, yeah. this isn't a literal answer. All right. It's like what that the best two teams in the NFL scoring off in the divisional round. The whole point of giving you the literal answer was to like perplex you and make you mad. No, of course. The Chiefs and the Bills are clearly the best two teams in football. Ooh. But one of them is going to get through and the other's not. That's just how the bracket works. And at the end of the day, I more than likely the Chiefs will play somebody else, but it's possible that one of the best two teams in football doesn't even make the Super Bowl, and it won't matter. You still you, you hoist the trophy, you hoist the trophy. I agree with you. It is uh, – I will say this. I do feel like we kind of already saw the Super Bowl in the divisional round. It, it's all downhill from here. You'll be hard-pressed to find a better game, in part because that's probably the top two quarterbacks, at least now looking at the fact that we're not going to get Rodgers. He's the other one in that conversation. Um, and then you're not going to get Tom Brady. He's the other one you'd include. So Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I wouldn't conclude him with the other four guys we've talked you, about. You might, you might in like two or three weeks, just saying. Uh, dude, I'm sorry. Uh, you Come on. If you're putting him in the same vein as Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, there's, it's just it's not the same, dude. I'm sorry. Tom Brady, I mean, I, really? I, I'm trolling. I'm trolling. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, I, I'm not trying to get in trouble for this. Like, he's done very well in the playoffs. He's had help. He's got a good roster he's playing on. Um, they And they've got a great chance. I mean, eventually, Sean McVay is going to get the better of Kyle Shanahan. It probably will be this week. If if Matthew Stafford wins the Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams this year, is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? Yes, because he'll have the one thing that he was missing, and he's already got the stats. Let's go. Let's go, Stafford. I want to stick this in Pete Prisco's eyes so bad. Yeah, and, and and that's the hard thing is I think you're getting to an argument now where, like, you would say statistically, I think Matt Ryan actually has been a better quarterback statistically, but he doesn't have that Super Bowl, even though he's been a league MVP before, and that'd be the only thing he'd be missing. And so, like, are you going to hold him out? I mean, Phillip Rivers, your boy, you're going to hold him out? Like, there's a lot of guys who I think you can make a statistical argument. Um, probably guys who have better stats than Eli Manning, but Manning's got two Super Bowls. The Super so, Bowl, the Super Bowls are the trump cards. A, a Super Bowl it, is the look, I think most players would say it's it to me, it's the dumbest thing to use win losses as what determines whether or not those guys get in. Like, even though they impact the game the most of any other professional sports league for Hall of Fame, it's still the least amount <laughs> compared well, to other positions. Well, right? I look at I look at it like this, and, and obviously I'm biased, but from the 2004 draft class. I think Philip Rivers is unquestionably the best quarterback out of that draft class. Better than I Ben? Ro I think Ben Roethlisberger unquestionably has the best career out of the draft class. And I think Eli Manning unquestionably has the easy, like the, 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 like just the trump card to get into the, the Hall of Fame. I don't know that. I'd still say Ben was the and, best. And I think ben and, ben, and, ben and Phillip. I, I would say Ben, Phillip, Eli. Um, I mean, because think about it, and, and again, this is no disrespect, but like, look at, you know, granted, Ben had Jerome Bettis, you know, Philip had Ladanian Tomlinson. Like, you can you can go kind of tit for tat with some of the players they each had, but the reality is, look, they're both Hall of Famers, in my opinion. All three Hall of Famers, in my opinion. I, I agree. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Uh, what's here what's you got up here? We got oh per game averages. Okay, so Stafford's got more better yards per games that we're looking at here. Yeah, it's got totals uh, and per game. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, just proving Brady's point. Look how even they are. Yeah, they're very close. No, I think it's fascinating because I mean, it's like even the amount of attempts they have, completions, yards per game, touchdown interception ratios, like it's that is nuts. 
And like, again, you know, you can go back to the big what ifs, like what if Matthew Stafford is drafted by somebody other than the like I, I put I and I have for a long time. And I feel if the Rams, I, I feel vindicated now, but if the Rams win one or two more games, I think it's the stone cold vindication that, you know, part of we talk about this all the time on this podcast, part of part of like a quarterback's. Yeah, it's where they go. The situation where you go and like, well, and look at Jared Goff this year, like. He gets sent to that, and obviously it was rough going at times. Even though he played really well, well. last last five games he played better than Stafford did, statistically speaking. Sure. So, um, I thought he fought through that well, but no, it's situation and circumstance that any quarterback goes to is paramount. It's why, you know, what Tom Brady going to New England is part of the greatness of what he was able to do. Yeah, you know, along with Bill Belichick and everyone else, no different than Aaron Rodgers, and he'd be te- he'd tell you that. That's why I think I think that's not to come back full circle. That would be one of the hesitations, I think, if you're Aaron Rodgers is, do you want your career to end that way? Or you're viewed as the guy with the stint with the Packers, but then somewhere else? Or do you just want to retire? You know, maybe he wants to do that. You know, maybe he wants to get out for a while. Do you think that Tom Brady has normalized that with the two years, in, you know, won the Super Bowl and then two I, I think I think Tom Brady, what he did was he motivated other – because all quarterbacks think they're better than everyone else. They, like they do. I'm just telling you. Like yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, we mentioned this. All. Do you think that other quarterbacks think they're better than Tom Brady? That's because yes. that was kind of yes. Like okay. Okay. if you're asking me, do I think like Aaron Rodgers is like yeah, I'm more talented than Tom Brady? Yes, I can. I, I, is Patrick Mahomes or Josh? They, we all, like, dude. Everyone does. Like everyone's like, dude. All right, let's go on the street. Let's go pick stuff to throw at. Let's see who's better. Like everyone, every quarterback thinks that. All right, even though there's a guy at third string somewhere who thinks that. Right. right. That's just how it is. So then you look at what Tom Brady did. And a lot of guys like obviously Russell Wilson was like, Hey, I don't want to be traded, but here's the four teams I would want to go to. You started to hear the stuff from Aaron Rodgers camp. And like all that came out, like all these quarterbacks are going, yeah, I want to go somewhere else. Like Matt Stafford's like, yeah, I want to, I want to get out of Detroit. I mean, it, it literally was one of those. Yeah. Look what he was able to do. And he got guys that he got brought in to sign with him. And I think that sparked a lot of other quarterbacks being infuriated going, wait a second. How much do I get paid? Like, aren't I most important piece? And you're not involving me in these decisions that directly affect my legacy, my career, our chances of winning? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I, I think he was probably the one that spurred a lot of the movement we're going to see, honestly, this offseason, too. And and made it sort of because in years past, it's always been kind of a thing where, you know, like Peyton Manning went to the Broncos and had wild success and won a Super Bowl and went to two of them. But you know, he was cut by the Colts. Yeah. Was, it was like, I didn't know how his neck was going to return they, and all that. They, and they kicked him out of town for Andrew Luck. And it was, you know, it was uh, an honorable discharge is the best way you could describe it because they, you know, he, he was up on the, he was up on the podium and it was a very sad moment, all that, but they're still cutting him. And yeah. now I feel like quarterbacks are a little more because of the Brady move or feel a little more empowered to be like, you know what? Screw it. I don't have to play for the same organization the whole time. Like yeah. I'll go like, Tom Brady went down to Tampa and won a, won a Super Bowl away from Bill Belichick. Like, I'll go somewhere else. Dude, no one wants to be cut. Like, I didn't get cut till I was seven years in the league. I got traded, signed a one-year deal. You know, I ended up not getting signed back and it looked, it looked elsewhere. But it's different getting cut. It's different when someone, like, literally tells you you get fired. I mean, it's – Yeah, getting fired sucks. It's a hard thing to take <laughs> into account, man. Like, my entire life, like, even as a busboy, even working odd jobs, whether it's, like, in retail or something else – I prided myself on the work I did. Never been fired before, you know? And so, like, when you get that call, you're like, what? And you got fired by, like, Ray Farmer or somebody. Or, I mean, like, I don't know who the GM was, but I mean, like. No, yeah. no, this was this was it, uh, John Schneider and Pete Carroll. I was out in Seattle. In oh, because oh. Oh, you, oh. you weren't cut by. No, I was traded by Cleveland. Oh, that's right. I finished out the contract in Denver. So, you know, it, it's just. it's. it's we're gonna have to do, I'm going to do it. We're going to get. Uh, E60 on like a Brady Quinn investigation has has Brady Quinn ever been fired? He claimed on the Pick Six podcast he's never been fired until the Seahawks. However, a new new emerging details about Brady's time as a busboy. No, I mean it, it's it, I mean it, the reality is it is like one of those tough things to swallow on how to take it. Like I remember by in 2014 when the Dolphins like let me go at the end of training camp. I remember I was like, all right, I'm out. Like, what do I need to sign? I'm good. Like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I can get out of here fast enough. Like, I like, give me on my next opportunity, something else. And at that point, I knew, like, I knew I was hopping into a TV booth. So I was more like, all right, like, I've got to be in Fort Worth at what time? All right, just make sure I have the mute button held down if I need to cough or something. And here we go. Like, it was such a different experience. But it honestly, like, it's, I mean, if you're Peyton Manning, at some point, you still, 
you still hold that as a bit of a grudge. Like I would think. Oh yeah. Still. I think he's still, I mean, sure. He sees Jim Irsay. He's like, Hey Jim, like, you know, of course I appreciate you drafting me and we yeah. won one Super Bowl. probably win more if Bill Polian hadn't screwed things up, but uh, yeah, you know, and he cut, you know, he cut me, got me in 2011. I won, I won the Super Bowl. You didn't, what do you get to do about it? I think about he went to two more after that set records. I mean, no, he went to he. They went to two. Peyton. No, no, Peyton went to two with the Broncos. Yeah, he went to two, one, one. But I'm saying he set records for single season records. Like if you go back and think about that decision by the Colts, I mean, I know the prospects of Andrew Luck. I get all of that. They could have, they could have gotten four, like four first round picks, maybe more, for Andrew Luck and put put it around Peyton Manning, and with Peyton playing the way he played in Denver. But on the other hand, maybe. But look at it in retrospect, too, the fact that the way things ended for Andrew Luck, you're going like, oh, like you made that decision to move on from the dude, and then the guy you invested in who didn't even stick it out. Like it's – I don't know. Like that, that is one of like the all-timers that I don't think we talk about enough. Everyone's just like, yeah, it was a you know friendly breakup. It's like, nah, no, nah, probably not really. It was – I mean, like at the time, it was even like, all right, look, it's – you have to do it, unfortunately. You know – even if you even if you think Peyton might be great, you can't chance passing up on Andrew Luck <laughs> until hindsight now tells us maybe you should have. <laughs> yes, hindsight, yes, you should have. Correct. All right, uh, we've been doing this for too long. You got well. You already put your family down. Yeah, kids yeah. aren't dead. I think uh, put them in a sleeper hold to get them down. Literally had to just you know put them in sleeper hold, go to sleep. Don't you have only daughters? <laughs> yeah, yeah toughen them up, man. All right. You gotta keep them wild, keep them frisky, get those, get them ready to go. Meanwhile, my son's like putting me in a sleeper hole. It's like it's like to work. He's punching uh, in the face. Yeah, and elsewhere. <laughs> Big much shot fan. That's probably makes it. All right. Ready as always. Talk to you next week, man. See you, man.